Hi guys, welcome to the podcast, The Trailblazer's Journey, the place to be if you are curious about life and the world in which we live today and are passionate about personal growth and self-development. I'm your host, Simon Majid, well-being and transformational life coach, speaker and mental health advocate. In today's episode, I will be speaking to Gemma Andrew Adiyama. Gemma is a wellness coach, blogger and retreat host. I invited Gemma to the podcast today to support mums out there who really want to pursue their dream careers whilst managing the role of motherhood. I meet so many incredible women through my group coaching program and one-to-one clients who have big dreams and the potential to fulfil them. They just need that support with helping them to manage it all. And I feel that Gemma is the perfect person to share how she has done it. Gemma has created a beautiful wellness business and blog. You just need to go to her Instagram feed to see this. And she's done it all whilst being a mother to two beautiful children and a wife. She shares some really simple and practical tools that will help you if you are also looking to embark on this journey. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you subscribed, rated and reviewed so that even more people can hear this amazing advice and wisdom. Hello, I'm Gemma and I'm a wellness coach, I'm a blogger and I also host retreats um, over at Unconditionally Nourished. Lovely. So you're a wellness coach, Gemma. First of all, I want to ask you what wellness means to you so what is wellness what does it look like such a great question and for me the concept of wellness has actually changed over the years for me so when I started my blog 10 years ago um it was basically like a journal to document my um my journey back to health basically after after a few years um especially my teens and my early 20s of a disordered relationship with food like a really bad relationship with food and exercise and it was a way of me kind of document documenting my um health journey um and i was advocating balance which is a really good thing and i still think that's really positive but it was kind of like a salad in one hand and a slice of like chocolate cake in another you know that kind of thing um but now i realize that all food is good and there's no such thing as good and bad food and that was a real like light bulb moment for me because it got me kind of jumping down the rabbit hole of holistic health. Mm-hmm. And the more I kind of educated myself and evolved over the years, I kind of fell out of love with the term health. And my heart is like really deeply rooted in well-being and how it shows up in other people's life. And there's a lot more to well-being than just like what's on your plate and exercising. Yeah it's how you feel about yourself it's your mindset like is your current mindset supporting your life and your goals right now and that all-encompassing kind of aspect of well-being um tuning to what feels good being intentional and focusing your energy on things that really matter in your life um and what really lifts you i think that's really magical about well-being so what I want to ask you is, as a coach myself, I, found, I find that many of us have been sort of called to do this work sort of through our own life experiences and, and you know, adversity as well. Um, and so l- linking to my previous question, um, what was the pivotal moment for you? 
So what, what was a pivotal moment that brought you to wellness and where you decided that you wanted to share this sort of gift of knowledge that you acquired um, through your own journey? It was definitely, um, like I mentioned before, like in my teens and early 20s when I had like this disordered relationship with food and to give you a bit of background, um, when I was a child, I wasn't like a fussy eater. I was yes. a really good eater. Um, I didn't have that kind of fussy eating stage. I pretty much ate anything going really. Um, yeah. And it's only when I started sixth form, sixth, um, form um, at college and I saw my, my beautiful and naturally slim friends um, surviving on a slice of pizza for lunch. Um, that's where my issues began. Because okay. I thought, oh, if I want to look like them, then that's what I have to do, you know. Right. I'm restricting my food and stuff like that. So I became obsessive, like, about weighing myself. I was fussy over the food that I ate and socially awkward because I flat out refused to eat certain foods. So, like, menus became quite limited to me of my own doing. Um, I was over exercising and looking back it wasn't really a particularly nice or fun time yeah um and I think that really intensified when I moved out of my parents home as well because I could do whatever I wanted I, I had freedom and my mm. choices were my own I was in control of the grocery shop so I could buy whatever food I wanted to buy you know and so I think that issue kind of really intensified it around that period and through my own journey and seeing my own personal transformation over the years of believing that you're exactly enough as you are um, and the power of deeply looking after yourself and looking at self-care and your mindset and leaning into joy, um, that made me really want to coach people and help others. Oh, that's lovely. Leaning into joy. I love that. <laughs> How have you found it being sort of self-employed and, you know, in this coaching world oh wow <laughs> <laughs> big question it's a, roller, it's a roller coaster i'm not gonna lie um, yeah um there's so many highs and i totally love what i do and i want to change it for the world um but i know you and me joke sometimes that people who aren't in the know about being self-employed and running your own business I think they just assume that we sit in coffee shops, <laughs> yeah. coffee shops and we've got our, you know, our Apple MacBooks yeah. and we're having like this whole Carrie Bradshaw moment, but yeah. it couldn't be fair. That would be lovely. <laughs> that would be amazing. I know. Every day was like amazing, right? Um, but the honest truth is that you are your everything. Like it's hard work when you're self-employed, yeah. obviously, unless you outsource um, some tasks, but even then you have to have some level of involvement to make sure yeah. everything's being done correctly. So yeah, it's hard work, but I love it all the same. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, we, we, we say, oh, it's hard work and it's, it's constant. I mean, it's, you don't switch off from it. Do you ever, no. you know, your weekends, your evenings, there's always, you know, if something comes up, you have to deal with it. Um, but equally we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. And so can you just describe that? Can you describe that to someone who maybe isn't in this um, space and mm -hmm. describe the sort of deep joy that you get from it as well? I think it comes in waves. There's lots of different, obviously the, the up and downs, but the joy is what keeps you going. And I think that joy is what helps you remind yourself of the why like why you started this in the first place and I think 
as the days roll by, we go through our routines and, you know, our lives, we always kind of lose sight of the why. Yeah. I think that's really important to keep that passion and fire burning, basically, and, keep, and to keep you going. So talking about your why, um, do you think that the why comes with sort of experience of life or do you think anyone can find their why at any point? I think it's that thing like when you're 16 years old and you're taught to pick a career. Yes. That's such a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big thing to ask like a 16 year old to do because I did um, my PhD in neurobiology and I thought I wanted like a scientific academic career and lo and behold I'm now a you know a wellness coach so I don't think it matters how old you are when you when you have that kind of epiphany moment that actually this is what I want to do it doesn't matter how old you are whether you're 30 40 50 60 like life is for living your life is now and you should be able to do whatever it is that you want to do that brings you joy and lifts you and makes you happy life's too short not to do what you want to do 100 percent. and um i think with again with that why it's really difficult to communicate the the sort of fire that burns inside once you found your why and you know you said epiphany is it mm-hmm. is it an epiphany or can you go out and seek it oh <sighs> Yeah, because we don't really. No, we don't. I know, it's, it's, I know, but that's. I think that's what. I think that's what a lot of people are challenged by because obviously mm. we work with um, a lot of clients and we, you know, really encourage people to find their why. But mm. from my own experience, my why came when I was at rock bottom. <laughs> you know, that's when yeah. I found my why. And I, I often joke that when life slaps you in the face, you know, you've got to listen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and not literally, but you know, <laughs> you, you got to listen. And I think, I think that was, that was a large um, driving force for me, mm-hmm. you know, sort of. So yeah, so just, it's a complex question. But would you say that it is? Yeah. When is that point where you're like, right now I know this is my why? Oh, gosh. I think you just know. Like, you just have a feeling, don't you? Yeah. Like, when it feels good, I think that's when you know that you're going in the right direction. If you have no concerns, you feel connected, like, you know, everything feels in flow. Yeah. I think... I think that's when you know. Okay, cool. So would you say that... So if that, you... that was a bit airy-fairy, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, so would you say that if you did the inner work, if you started doing the inner work, um, that it would be easier to... So if you started doing the inner work sort of earlier on in your life, you might get to that why quicker? Potentially, yeah. But I think life as a journey like different things come in the way and we we go down different paths that perhaps we shouldn't really go down but I honestly believe that every season in our life serves a purpose as that kind of quote um so just because one thing that you're doing right now doesn't feel right and it's not what you want to do it's potentially leading on to something else it's leading on to the thing that you want to do I love that and I yeah I think that 
um, it feel, it's as if like no work is ever wasted. Nothing that you ever do is ever wasted, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, when I look back at my fashion career, uh, working in fashion industry, those tools that I acquired then have served me no end in, in what I do now. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so nothing, nothing is wasted. It's never wasted. It always comes in handy at some point. So Gemma, you are also, as well as a solopreneur, you are also a wife and mom to two beautiful children. So how do you manage running your own business, family life, and your own self-care? It's a juggle. The juggle is real, as I like to say, and it's tough. And even though I'm an advocate of self-care, like I'm not perfect, obviously I have two small children and that means that my time's limited. So I definitely take pleasure in the small things in my life. Um, And it's not necessarily the, like the most beautiful kind of self-care rituals that we're often sold when we are talking about self-care. So it might not be like a, kind of burning incense and you know meditating at dawn that kind of thing or um going off to a yoga retreat or anything like that because that's not realistic in my life I can't spend three hours in the morning meditating at dawn because that's just not realistic for me um it's really appreciating the little things that I potentially that I already do like having like a hot shower especially when I had my second baby a hot shower was amazing yeah but it's kind of dialing up that as well so making it even more of an experience so using like my favorite shower gel or or whatever and body moisturizer afterwards so intensifying that horny experience yeah um but yeah it's all about the little things rather than the big gestures for me when it comes to self-care because it makes it more realistic and more manageable if you're trying to shoehorn things into your day then it's just not going to work and it's just going to feel like another thing to add to your to-do yeah. list when and it really shouldn't feel like that at all so you know when have you found that um like since having children there have been t- times which have been more challenging for example when they were um babies well you're you've got a one-year-old haven't you I have yes five-year-old and a one-year-old yes they're both little so (laughs) how how did that you know like when your one-year-old was a newborn and Mm. in those early months where they're so reliant on you how Mm -hmm. did you manage having your business it was it was hard because obviously I wanted to take time out and um, spend that time that precious time with my newborn baby, which is so short lived. Though you know when they're all kind of yeah. teeny tiny and snuggle up to you, like that's like such a short lived experience, and I wanted to make the most of it. But at the same time, I'm you know self employed, so I wanted to keep my business ticking over, and I did yeah. put some some um mechanisms in place to allow me to take a little bit of time off yes um but when it came to going back to work i kind of eased myself in gently and and basically did what i could so found pockets of time like nap times um some time early in the morning late in the evening but i wasn't pushing myself so i was going to burn out it was literally stuff that i could 
do and that was manageable to me and things that I enjoyed as well I focused on the things that brought me joy um which was a really big help um because I think with my um my first child and I was self-employed then as well and I found it a really big struggle um not being able to be in my business as much as, as yeah. I'd like right and he was at home for 18 months before he started nursery so I had all that time juggling him and um, my my business which was fine it worked but it was hard it was yeah. really hard um and it was just kind of using like pockets of time as best I could and prioritizing as well yeah not getting kind of lost on the Instagram rabbit hole like actually focusing on my business instead of like scrolling on my phone that kind of yeah. thing so I think sometimes we can we can kind of waste our energy on things that that don't really kind of matter as much yes. and get distracted. Um, but yeah, prioritizing, um, putting my phone in a drawer <laughs> so I wasn't distracted, turn off all the notifications. Um, but I think it's really about finding a routine that works for you. And obviously when babies are small, they, they tend to, the majority of them, <laughs> I know there's a minority, sleep a lot yeah when they're newborns so you can use that pocket of time if you wish to to work on your business um but obviously as they get older they sleep less so it, that's a whole different ball game so yeah. it's constantly changing and evolving as they get older and change as well so you have to be flexible brilliant so you know you said uh, you mentioned mechanisms when um your babies were little um can you just maybe describe some of those or were those like putting your phone in the drawer like what were your little mechanisms so you could actually be productive um yeah like putting my phone in the drawer so it was out of sight out, out of mind I wasn't going on Instagram um I prioritized like tasks so I may have made like this massive like to-do list that was probably really like unrealistic but I prioritized tasks that were going to move me forward yeah um planning like my planner is like the thing that saw yeah. me through especially in those early days where baby brain is just kind of awry and it's just yeah. you're just all over the place you know you're just like basically you're a complete mess like in those yeah. early days everything yeah. was everywhere so my planner was like my best friend if it wasn't written down it wasn't getting done basically <laughs> I love that that's a brilliant tip so yeah um, I invest in a really good planner um but yeah I think just not being so hard on yourself like yeah. just do what you can do make sure you're enjoying what you do yeah um, it's just a really an emotional draining time anyway having a baby so if you're trying to run your business as well yeah it can be even more so and it's trying to find that balance like don't yeah. push yourself over the edge yeah try, try and maintain it as best you can and it, just do the little things that you can. It might be just posting on like social media every now and then. It might be kind of contacting your um, email list to say, hey, I'm still here, you know, mm. or it might be writing a blog post. Um, but I think try and show up in your business in little ways that you can um, is, can be a really good way just to, just to keep things ticking over. And also what I did was I batched a load of content before um, I, my baby was born. So I, I ran like a um, self-care diaries interview series. So I got, um, 
I basically sent a list of um, questions focused on self-care, asking people about their um, experiences on self-care and, and stuff like that to different people um, to guest blog on my blog. So that was content that was already okay. written and scheduled to go out each week. Um, okay. so that was like in the bag before the baby even arrived. So that oh, was... wow. Well, that's a great tip. So yeah, batching is the way forward. Batching <laughs> also forward planning. Yes. So that yeah. you've got things in the bag before. That's great. I love that tip. I absolutely love that tip. So for any mums out there, Gemma, who really want to set up their own business or follow their dreams and passions and, you know, and they do have children, what would your advice be? I think just do it. Like, Okay. <laughs> Sorry, not <laughs> um yeah just do it um I mean if you have a burning desire and a passion for something then it's meant to be like you deserve to uh, see that and yeah. I know it's hard and it's almost like juggling like you're trying to keep all the balls up in the air but what you um what do you really have to lose I mean one day you might be able to keep all the balls up in the air and that's amazing yeah. and then another day you might drop two balls and then another day you might drop all the balls but that's okay um, for me, I think the not knowing if I could have made it um, work was would probably be like one of my biggest regrets. Yeah. And there's always a way through. I love. There's that. always a way through, and like, you can take it slowly. Like you don't have to have an all singing, all dancing like website and you know, um, social media strategy and all this kind of stuff. You can take it slow. It doesn't have yeah. to be kind of perfect and I think a lot of the time when people start businesses they, they're looking for perfection yeah. which totally makes sense because why wouldn't you want the thing that you're producing and putting out there in the world to be perfect but if it's holding you back and it's limiting you and it's making you small then that's where there's some issues and that's where it's becoming a form of self-sabotage for you. Brilliant love that advice absolutely brilliant so over the years, sort of managing all of this, what have been your most challenging times so, since having your business? Oh, definitely imposter syndrome. That's a okay. big one for me. Okay. <laughs> and I know it's this whole big complex issue, isn't it? And it's something that I've spoken openly about before on my blog and social media, but it was really prominent for me when I was like doing my PhD. And even at the interview, I was like, what on earth am I doing here? You want to describe what the, for people who maybe don't know what imposter syndrome is, like what it is, first of all. It's kind of believing that you're not worthy to be in a specific place or you can't match up to the other people um, around you and just feeling just inferior, really. Yeah. Um, and it's not a nice feeling at all. And for me, it kind of plagued me throughout my whole PhD um, life. Um, I, was, I mean, I've never claimed to be naturally intelligent. Like, I work hard to get to where I want to be. Yeah. Um, and I was surrounded by all these, like, super intelligent people, like these professors and lecturers yeah. who, like, present their work on the international stage and publish all these research papers. And then there's me. <laughs> also, you see. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I just felt like I didn't fit in at all like I didn't match up when we had our lab meetings our weekly lab meetings where we would like tell each other like what we were like doing in the lab and our results and stuff I always sat at the back 
Right. Because I didn't want anyone to ask me any questions or put any questions out there because I didn't want to look stupid. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I couldn't match up. And it's funny because I was doing the work. I was producing results. I got my PhD. But throughout all that time, I felt so inferior. And But the evidence was there. I was producing results exactly. like everyone yeah. else in the lab. It was just really bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I always tell my clients to look for the evidence when they feel like they're not good enough or they're yes. not enough. Look for the evidence that tells them that actually they you are. are worthy. Yeah. yeah, they are worthy. Yeah. They um, are good enough because they've got all these achievements yeah. to prove it. Yeah, but again, it is a story that we've created in our own minds, you know, and that's all mm-hmm. it is. It's a story. Yeah. There's no truth in it most of the time. Um, so what have you what have been your highlights over the last few years definitely my family obviously (laughs) they're my world and they obviously bring me so much joy and happiness but my business makes me happy too um I'm just so glad that I took that leap of faith and just started like just begun and um took that risk and finding the courage to do that and leaning into what really lights me up um has been a really big game changer in my life I just felt like everything aligned from that moment um and it's tough working for yourself let's not lie um but doing something that I love which is able to support my family or help support my family um it's a dream and I feel like really lucky that I'm able to do that every day that is so lovely that is so nice so what have been so specifically what would you say can you pick out three moments um in your business or your well, in your business that you've thought, oh, that was amazing? Um, working with some amazing brands. Yeah. Um, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I've been so lucky to work with so many incredible brands, like really respected, high, like some really big high profile brands. Um, that's been wonderful. Um, taking that leap to um, book my place on my coaching course. Right. Um, become certified because I was like umming and ahhing about that for years and when I finally kind of made that first payment it felt really good yeah like, it just felt right yeah um and of course bagging my first coaching client because that kind yes. of proved to me that I was in the right place like, yeah this is what it's all about yeah absolutely incredible so where where would you like to see the coaching industry go because it's I, I would say in the UK it's still fairly young yeah, I, but I think it's um, it's still kind of in its infancy. But I think yeah. it's going in the right direction. Yeah, um, I think it's on its yeah on the right path. Um, but it would be really lovely to see it grow more. Um, just simply for the fact that it can reach more people and more people can access coaching to get the help that they need. Yeah, and so how would you say um, if you was to se- if you were to sell it to someone, how would you say it benefits people? Because a lot of people don't actually know what coaching is. They don't. And it's like, you know, when you, um, when you see a boxing match and you see like someone in the fighter's corner, yeah. that's basically what coaching is. You're in your client's corner. You're um, helping them to move forward. You're supporting them. Yeah. You're cheering them on. Um, you're their accountability partner to make sure that they get to where they want to be and see those transformations happen you're asking them those deep-rooted questions to pull those answers out that they already have inside themselves but they don't know it yet 
Yeah. And I think that's just magical. Like it's amazing. I love that. That's a great answer. So Gemma, if you could give three tips to a mom who wants to pursue her passions, her dreams, can you give three really um, practical tips that they can use to get started? Um, My first one would be, I wouldn't say this was practical, but be kind to yourself. I think that's always, always important. Don't push yourself. Enjoy your time with your baby. Um, And just, you know, do what you can basically in those very early days. Enjoy your baby. Be kind to yourself and just do what you can. Don't push yourself too much because that time's precious and obviously you're in recovery as well from this incredible experience you don't want to push yourself over the edge and kind of burn out um with sleepless nights and the constant feeding there's so much going on with your body that you don't want to add any added pressure so be kind to yourself um buy yourself a planner or a notebook and literally just brain dump all of your ideas yeah into that notebook or planner whatever it is even just like a scrap of paper um just get it all out there because sometimes we keep all our ideas like locked in our head yes and they become muddled or we lose parts of those thoughts and this that and the other just get it down on paper yeah. i think the art of writing things down on paper makes it feel more official yes um which is quite nice and it kind of i think having that kind of visual representation of of your ideas on paper is really nice to help motivate you and um keep that kind of flow and energy going but also from that you can look at different steps that you can take from that idea that big idea that you've written on the paper to help make it happen and you know active actionable and practical steps so that's a really good um tool i think to use just get it down on paper yeah and then um thirdly just just like I said before, just do it. Like just put it out there, just put it out there into the world and just enjoy the, the mad roller coaster that is running your own business. Brilliant. Thank you, Gemma. That is absolutely brilliant um, advice. Um, and I'm sure people will benefit from hearing that. So Gemma, what are you working on currently? How can people find you? Currently, I'm working on a new membership, which I'm really excited about, called um, Reclaiming You. It's a monthly membership program, really kind of low-key, because I know that um, I specialize in helping overwhelmed women, and I know overwhelmed women don't have a lot of time, so I didn't want to bombard them with masses of content and resources that they probably don't have time to do. So it consists of like a monthly accountability call at the beginning of the month, um, a monthly guest speaker from a different area of well-being yeah. and also a resource each month as well. So I'm really excited to launch that. Um, when that launching? Next month? It's launched, yes, next month, May. So yeah, Brilliant. looking forward to that. And you can find me on social media at Unconditionally Nourished. And I hang out on Instagram probably way more than I should. And I have a free um, Facebook um, community as well um, called Intentional Wellbeing, Creating a Life You Love. And it'd be amazing to welcome you all there. And of course, my website, unconditionallynourished.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me.
If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And to keep up to date with all of our latest news, follow our page, The Trailblazers Journey on Instagram. Until next time. Thank you.